Game of the season, lights out in the West, and concern for the standard of Kiwi rugby. Hello and welcome to the Ruck Me Dead podcast for week two. Yes, some absolute cracking games, some absolute average games, and some games some teams would like to forget, Wendell Hussey. Oh, certainly was, Errol Parker. It is great to be back in the booth for another week. There was lots of footy on, there was lots of stuff happening off the field. So I'm very much looking forward to dissecting the last few days of news from the footy world. We'll, of course, go through Super Rugby AU, Super Rugby Aotearoa, bit of a turd of mutts news, mm-hmm. another loss on the weekend, unfortunately. Doing it to start turning things around. And then we've also got some grassroots questions and some other bits and pieces from around the country and around the world. But first of all, Wendell, the game out in the West that we had to both watch on Stan Sport because neither of us live in Perth. Elof, he's close. He's Val Malsili, Tamua, Hodge, and Anderson dives over. There is the first try for the Melbourne Rebels. And I think the scoreline was not really indicative of what this game was. I thought it was it was a pretty high-quality game, really, for what the scoreline was, but it was great to see Anderson cross for the Rebels' first try of the season. I was wasn't really convinced that uh, they were going to score. Yes, 10-7 at the full-time siren, which uh-huh. I tend to agree with you, Errol. It wasn't indicative of the quality of the game. But the Rebels have scored their first try, and they actually scored another one. They've scored two tries now for the season. So Yeah, Joe Powell crossed for the second one. I was I was on the edge of my couch watching that one. Yeah, exciting rugby over there in the West. Nearly 8,000 in the Sea of Blue on a Friday night, which was great to see, but... Yes, Joe Powell got the second one there, which effectively was a match winner for them. And I thought it was really nice to see a complicated line-out move, a little bit of a trick play Mm -hmm. there, the pop ball back on the inside to Corabiti. I thought it was really nice to see one of those come off. So often you see those plays and the ball goes to ground. I mean, every... Every club around Australia practices those moves endlessly. It's really good to see one of those come off and a hot try come out of it. Well, you could see that they were building a lot of these uh, set plays around Corabetti. He's in the mm. absolute engine room of their back line. And just the way he was running the ball continually all day didn't stop and they got the results. Mm. A rugby league winger, he just goes so hard. He's always looking for the ball, always looking for a hitter. Yeah. I love to see it. I really hope Vunavalu. He takes a he takes a few notes from what is quite prevalent, I think, in Kiwi rugby is that they run at their marker. Mm. I think for a lot of time um, in Australian rugby in particular, they tried to burn them by going around them. But there's just this new style of being a running back where you, you basically pick out your man and you run at him. Mm. And um, I think that's working for him. Well, when you bet like Corabedi, I guess you can run straight at a bloke. He's uh, yeah. very strong, very fast. I'm, it's going to be sad to see him go, I think. I'm very sad that he will be leaving Australian rugby at the end of the year because he has been a great servant and he's 
a really good footy player. So let's hope the likes of Vunavalu can step up and fill his shoes. Yeah, well, Corobetti's still got a lot of petrol left in that tank. I think he'll be a great asset wherever he lands. Mm. Hopefully he comes back, actually. It'd be nice to see him back for the 2023 World Cup. And there was another hot try soon after that one to Joe Powell in the corner. Mm. Jack McGregor there, the replacement back coming on for the force and getting on the end of a pretty hot phase of running rugby there. And, Wendell, another red card, but this one, in my opinion, not so controversial. No. Heavy contact with the ear canal from the point of the shoulder, I'd say. Uh, it's pretty well deserved. Yeah, straight there. Not sure if it was head. intentional, but it was heavy, heavy contact. And under the new rules, pretty well deserved, I reckon. Not yeah. too much controversy. Yeah, hard to argue. You could see Matt Tamur there when the ref was speaking to him after seeing the replays was pretty aware of what was going to yep. go on. Yeah, in this day and age now, contact to the head, intentional or not. See you later, mate. Time's out. Yeah, and a uh, special shout-out to uh, Fergus Lee Warner. Mate, uh, had an absolute blinder, but, you know, we all do get white line fever, and, and, and unfortunately for Fergus, he uh, went for the line when he should have gone for the metre. Mm. But... Uh, Yes, forgot to tuck the ball under there, secure it, and just Special get the ground. Special shout out to Fergus, mate. Yeah. Has had a belter of a start to the Super Rugby season. Obviously scored that very nice try a couple of weekends ago. But yeah, it was unfortunate there. Close to the line, needed to go down and accidentally got stripped. And the Rebels got out of trouble. And you could argue that it was a, a match-winning strip from Glenn Vahu there. Mate, a little bit of uh, trivia about Fergus. He's a terrible driver. Really? Terrible. Yeah, right. What you know, you there are some people who are put on this earth not to drive, and I think Fergus is one of them. Mm, there mm-hmm. you go. There you go. We'll have to get Fergus on to ask him about that. There was also an interesting moment just before Fergus got stripped, which potentially may have had an impact on the game there. The force were coming. They'd scored that try. They're only down by three points. And then, uh, like the West Australian election on the weekend, lights out. Yeah, well, it looks like someone hadn't paid the power bill. I'm looking at Twiggy on this one, but... Uh yeah, well, they were able to rectify it pretty quickly, so... Yeah, only 10 minutes of the boys passing the ball around, having a bit of a chat. On the bike, on the sideline, trying to keep warm. Feeling the hammies get really, really tight. Yeah. You reckon Twiggy was just standing up there and then just got a text on his phone, ding, 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 repayments overdue. It was one of those messages he forgot to do anything about and then all of a sudden, boom, lights are going out at the stadium. Quick, well, Twiggy, well, fix it. Well, when you get to um, a man of... Twiggy's wealth, you have this thing called a family office and they handle all of your bills and all the taxing life admin that comes with being a multi-billionaire. But it's good to see uh, Twiggy come through, pay the bill, get the lights on. and mm, It was good that it could get sorted out quickly, you know. Yep. Instead of 74 minutes in there, sorry boys, come back tomorrow and finish this one. Yeah, no, there's no Duckworth Lewis system in Rugby Union, Wendell, so uh, mm. good that they sorted out, mate. But out of 10, I reckon that was a solid eight. Good game of rugby. We would have liked a few more tries. We would have liked a bit more panache from the force, but can't have everything in a game, can you? No, not always, Errol. You can't have it all. I don't think I'm going to go as high as eight. I think I'll go maybe a six and a half, a seven. I mean, if you're getting to the 60th minute, the hour mark of a game, and it's only 5-0, it is good footy, and there was great rugby played, but I'd like a little bit more, a few more tries, a bit more action, but... It was a good game of footy overall, and don't regret watching it. Six out of ten. Six and a half out of ten, actually. Six and a half. There you go. Tough, mate. Tough. Now, the grand final rematch down there in Canberra. I was down there. It was a fantastic atmosphere. COVID capacity. But uh, the result came as a bit of a surprise right up until the very end. Getting in away for Pysumby. In behind for Jordy Pataya. The bounce is awful. Have they got a hand on it? 
All clear. Oh, what handling from Jordan Pattaya. It's now Queensland to close out. And there it is to touch. It's full time. They've done it. It's an instant classic. The miracle comeback is complete. And Queensland are the winners. 40 points to 38. And it was a cracking game of footy from start to finish. Brumbies came out incredibly hot there. Scored a couple of really, really nice tries to get it started. That Andy Mirrorhead flick pass to Pete Samu on the mm-hmm. wing there. And it was... Starting to look like the Brumbies might run away with the game, but the Reds hit back. Yep, they hit back with some interesting, quirky captaincy from James O'Connor, who led from the front. His hands and feet were absolutely electric. Mm. His mind was under a lot of pressure, but that pressure created diamonds this time around, and um, I thought it was great. But it was also good to see that the Brumbies, they're just very good at creating chances to score from nowhere. I mean, they can turn... Turn things around very quickly. In attack, I feel like they can play a bit of Kiwi rugby with the they can. Their flick passes, the hot backline moves, all that sort of stuff. A little bit of Pacific rugby, a little bit of flair too that you do see in, in European backlines, particularly the French. Mm. Shout out to the French. Yes. But yeah. French flair. And I think you're right about James O'Connor there. The mine did hold up in the cauldron that was GIO Stadium on Saturday night. All of those uh, tasks he's been performing, the mindfulness, I know he went very deep into meditation and that that program that he was working on with the ice bars and meditation mm-hmm. and all that sort of stuff that resulted in the new James O'Connor that we see now. I think that was a brilliant example of what he can do now on Saturday night. And one thing too that really impressed me was the agility of the referee. I mean, you just see him running around like he was jumping over rucks and malls, trying to get his eyes on the ball. And I think uh, I think that's that's a bit different to the refereeing that we have out here. You know, big old sixty-year-old bloke. Mm. No hair, big gut, fucking sweat pissing out of him by the 30th minute, not keeping up to play, relying too heavily on the touchies. He's always got a can of Batuta Bitter or 4X Gold in his hand. He's just Or a standing. full fat Coke. Yeah, you know, something full like that. strength. Like yeah. a bloke who hates drinking water. Yeah, does not like to drink water and he's just standing there on the 22 going, hmm, I reckon that's a try. Not jumping around like Nick Berry getting in there, having a look, digging. I love when the refs get in there after... The boys have collapsed over the line, potentially held up, potentially a try, and the ref just starts getting in there, digging yep. around, having I love a look for the that. ball. It's Real good. dedication to the craft. But you I'll love tell you to what, see it. Mate, uh, at the, I think it was about the 71st, 72nd minute, we decided on having one more $44 round of beers at GIO. So up, full strength? Full strength. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And uh, that's good. We got up. Went over to the bar and then, yeah, the Brumbies went in and, uh, and you know, we thought we were home and hosed. And then when we got the full arm against us and James O'Connor elected to take the points, we thought we were seeing one of the great brain snaps of our time, you know, on par with Matt mm. Dunning, slotting the field goal and whatnot. Yeah, no, it was uh, it was actually a stroke of genius from James O'Connor. Yeah, it was a huge call to take the points there huge. and get them within touching distance. I know a lot of people I was with at the time were blowing up, saying it was absolutely the wrong decision. Yeah. Got to go for the corner when we you were laughing. That end. Yeah, but James O'Connor looks like he could be the Wallabies' ten. He didn't panic. Took the no. shot, knew that knew that he's got the firepower, and you got the likes of Dalgunu, Pasami, Pataya, Vunavalu, all of those guys in your back line. He knew that they had the power to get the job done, and they just needed to get within a couple of scores, and then they could see how they go. James O'Connor looks like he's been looking back at, at some of the great 
flying arms of our time looking at at Larkham and Merton's Dan Carter mm. and Bowden Barrett and he's just like he's even got the same haircut as him but he's just starting to hold himself with with a bit more confidence and I think he's really sure of himself his captaincy and his ability as a player I, I think he's really playing to the level of talent that he has which is a lot but I think as a kid he, he was told that he was going to be the next best thing too many times mm. But now he's, he's, he's actually gone in and put in the hard yards and he's done the training, he's, done, he's spent his time in rugby purgatory, which is France, mm. and he's come back and, and, and he is now the, the absolute world-class player that he was born to be. Yeah, I completely agree with you, Errol. It is great to see. It's uh, yeah, it's a far cry from the 5am Hungry Jack stop-ins for James O'Connor. It feels like now he'd be out 5am mm. having an ocean swim or doing something <laughs> like that, you know, a bit of mindfulness, meditation, real maturity about James. But I guess you got to have those cold nights in the Parisian jail cell to take the points five to six minutes out from full time when you're down by a couple of tries in the Canberra capital. But if I was to, uh, to put a finger on why the Brumbies lost that game was because in the week they added a Brumbies themed Hawaiian shirt to their store and yeah, I think can't be doing that, that is some real tar mentality yeah that's really concerning you know things it's shocking things are looking great at the Brumbies they don't need to be doing stuff like that leave that to they're, the Wallatars they're going backwards mate like as soon as you add an Hawaiian shirt to your rugby store that's it $61 for something that was made probably by s- someone in a bloody sweatshop somewhere mm, and you'll be able to pick up in a Vinnie's or a lifeline for about seven dollars in a year's time terrible yeah concerning i do want to finish this game garbage. on a really positive note though hunter pasami mm-hmm. has me so so excited at 12 there i played the first couple of games of super rugby au there at outside center and i think dave rennie had a bit of a chat to brad thorne mm-hmm. kiwi counterparts and he said look mate get him into 12 because he wants Hunter Paisami as our 12 for the Wallabies. And early on, it looked a bit concerning because Hamish Stewart had been a bit of a linchpin between Jock and Hunter Paisami there. And yeah. without Hamish Stewart there, the ball kind of wasn't getting through the hands as fluently as it needed to be. It looked a little bit disjointed, a bit too much pressure on uh, James O'Connor. But Hunter Paisami started coming in, doing a little bit of ball playing. Obviously, he's got those bone-rattling shots. Mm. I mean, shots that just make you shudder when he hits people. He's got that in his game. He can run a hard line. He can run straight over the top of people. He can offload. He can do it all. So to be able to see him start adding in a little bit of playmaking, a little bit of kicking... My God, I think things look really good for the Wallabies with him at 12. And that final play for Jordan Pattaya, the little grubber in to win the game. It's yep. exciting stuff. That that kind of situation, I feel, normally ends up with just a few crash phases. They don't want to try too much. Going around the corner, then a forward comes back around the corner and you've got some reserve-grade prop running a little bit too fast for his own good. Bang, knock on. <laughs> Scrum reset. Goes down, kick the ball into touch, Brumbies win. So for him to be five to ten metres out from the line, take it upon himself to just pop a little grubber in. For Geordie Pattaya to show real maturity not to just lash out at the ball, to show rugby league finishing skills, to wait for the (laughs) ball there to sit up perfectly for him and to score. I love young guys like that taking chances to win the game. And I think if they can bring that kind of stuff to the Wallabies, things look good. So things are looking good for my Reds. And I'm hoping things are looking good for the Wallabies. Things looking concerning for your Brumbies with the uh, addition of a Hawaiian shirt, Errol. It, it is a bit early to tell, but I, I think in terms of the Wallabies, we needn't look further than the Waratahs, who yes. who had the week off. They, uh, I guess, they had their first win of the season 
over for the weekend. They uh, probably had a victory against some of their own demons. Yes, you know? um, <laughs> that's a great point, Errol. Sorry, I did forget about the Waratahs there. Yeah, the Waratahs did actually have a win over the weekend. Errol. The, the Waratahs, A, played the Brumby Runners, and um, they got up, as the New South Wales Waratahs social media said, posted on their social media with some photos from the game, saying, solid hit out from our Waratahs A side, dusting the Brumby Runners 47-19 in our trial match. Great to see. And then... Uh, <laughs> Big, big win, obviously, for them. And then the Brumbies clap back in the comments with, imagine what that feels like in a Super Rugby game. Some pretty good chat from Brumby Jack there. Well, yeah, the Waratah A team takes a lot of influence from the senior team in that mm. the senior team is essentially full of people who've been taken out of school to uh, go and play in the Super Rugby. You've got, you know, full of uh, child protégés. So mm. I, it's not very well known, but the, the Waratah's A team is actually the New South Wales under-12s team. Um, ah, right. So, okay. yeah, they're pretty big boys. Yep. Um, but, you know, they are still learning things, you know, like, the capitals of countries learning how to very simple algebra and whatnot but um it's good to see that the next crop of uh waratahs and wallabies is is getting into their elite rugby so quickly yes great to see they spent the week off usefully and they'll be back into it again this weekend so looking forward to the uh Waratahs lighting up Super Rugby again. Wendell, out of 10, what did you rate this Brumbies-Reds grand final rematch? I will give that a 9 out of 10, Errol. In terms of games of rugby that I've seen, sensational game of rugby. Obviously, it wasn't a grand final or it wasn't a Wallabies versus All Blacks, Bledisloe mm-hmm. Cider or a Rugby World Cup final. But in terms of the footy played and where the code is at, it was great to see. So I'm giving it a solid 9 out of 10. How about you? I'll give it a 9 as well. I mean, I'm going to reserve uh, the 10 out of 10 for something, as you said, mm-hmm. you know, something with a bit more pressure, something that will be worth more, I'd say, than a round two clash in a pre-frozen Canberra but yeah great yep. thing if every game is like this then I dare say maybe the NRL has something to fear mm, exciting times ahead doubt it but yeah but you never know now we will move certainly the big bash now we will move across to New Zealand's answer to our very own Reds yeah, the well, Crusaders Mm-hmm. going to cross the Dutch yeah always go, uh, a good one uh, yeah. they played the Chiefs there on Saturday yes. afternoon the, yeah. uh, 39-17 now Harvey nice little show of the ball bending off Nanai Setoro floats a beautiful pass out to the wing and Fanga look oh maybe he hasn't got it what a tackle from Damian yeah, McKenzie yes boy how did he do that <laughs> Mm-hmm. Well, the Chiefs, they were tasked with climbing their own Everest and like many other people before them, they perished mm, on the North Face the and, and teams many months from now, many years from now, will walk past their frozen corpse on the way to beating the Crusaders in Christchurch. The Reds or the Brumbies will probably be doing just that at the end of the mm-hmm. year, but I do owe you $15, Errol, you do. unfortunately. The... Uh, Crusaders couldn't quite put 50 on the Chiefs, couldn't put 60 on the Chiefs. They should have. They absolutely should have. I think that were like a cat playing with a half-dead mouse at the end of it, really. But they were in it. They were in it. But I think the penalty try turned the tide of that game. I think it was anyone's game until then, and then the penalty try 
killed their soul, the Chiefs, and then the Crusaders just walked all over them. They did. And in a second, I want to talk about what the Crusaders did when they had uh, killed their soul and they were walking all over them. But yeah, I would argue, Errol, that a bit earlier on, the momentum got completely changed with that try in the corner. Yes. Ridiculous pass from David Harvili there to Lester Fanganuku in the corner. And obviously, a sensational put down, which you just heard mm-hmm. before. But I, if I was a Chiefs fan, would be blowing up because I reckon his foot brushes the grass. I reckon you can see the grass change shade and you can see that his foot brushed it. But I feel like because they were the Crusaders and it was a hot try and everyone was up and excited on a Saturday afternoon there in Christchurch, they decided they'd Mm. give it. I would have been blown up if I was a Chiefs fan, but I'm not a Chiefs fan, and it's great to see Kiwi Super Rugby sides get burnt like I feel we have in the past as uh, Aussie Super Rugby sides and Wallabies. It's good to see them get some tough calls because then after that, there was another tough call, that that sin bin penalty try you were talking yeah. about. Yeah, well, as we all know, when the Crusaders are playing at home, they play with 18 men on the paddock. Mm. You know, they've got every official, they've got the touchies, they've got the main umpire. They've yeah. got the main referee there. And it's awfully hard to beat 15 Crusaders, let alone 18 or 19 yes. of them, when they're when they're really making a concerted effort to get the job done for the home team. So that, that penalty try and uh, sin bin call, they took one look at it upstairs with Richie Moanga going to pass the ball and Brad Webber, the halfback, slaps at the hands, doesn't mm-hmm. make any contact with the ball, just hits the hands and the ball goes forward, clearly forward. Didn't uh, make any contact with it, Brad Webber. So the ball just goes clearly forward and then uh, they scoop it up and go down there and then Brad Webber takes someone out and they give a penalty try. But if they had taken it back to that play, they'd see Mm -hmm. that he made clean contact, should have just been a knock on, Chiefs ball, no penalty try, no sin bin for their nine. But it wasn't. Similar thing to before that I was talking about. It's kind of just... Nice for the Chiefs to walk a mile in an, uh, an Australian rugby fan shoes. I don't know. Maybe I'm getting too ahead of myself there, but no, I I, I wholeheartedly agree with you. But I think it was good to, to see the Chiefs take first blood in this game. I thought mm. you know we did have a game on our hands. It was it was great to see the Chiefs not actually roll over. Which yeah. I think last week when we were talking about this game, you were expecting them to roll over. But, yes. You know, I think the Chiefs are made of sterner stuff. Yeah. But one thing I did really love about this game, I loved how it was a day-nighter. Mm. We don't get those. There's, there is something magic about watching sport in general. Yeah, yeah. Seeing the long shadows of... Yeah, of creep of across the ground. An afternoon and then watch... The lights slowly come on, slowly come to life and illuminate the field. I, I, I think it's it's something very special that is quite unique, especially to the Southern Hemisphere. But mm. I'd like to see more of that. Yeah, it was really lovely, Errol. I agree with you. I just want to mention that I think the Crusaders there at the end of the game dropped the ball a little bit. We're talking about dancing across the Chiefs' soul. I don't mm. think they were anywhere near as clinical as the Crusaders of a couple of years were. I don't think they were as clinical as the Blues. I don't think they were anywhere near as clinical as the Reds were against the Waratahs on the first night and the Brumbies were against the Waratahs on the second night of Super Rugby AU. I reckon they toyed a little bit too much. There was a few balls going to ground. They were trying things on that weren't particularly on instead of just playing hard and straight and fast footy like they have done for so long. I think there could be a little bit of complacency creeping into the Crusaders. They did the same thing last week against the Hurricanes and against the Highlanders. I don't know. I could be proven very, very, very wrong, as I have been 
in the past, but I think maybe the clinical mentality from the Crusaders might be starting to slip a little bit. Well, Wendell, Kiwi rugby is on the decline. Mm. I mean, I think, you know, the high water mark was when they won the World Cup back to back, and now I think the tide is starting to creep back out into the Bay of Plenty. As the tide of Australian rugby rises. It rises. So too. It's going to rise to a beautiful king tide. Mm. This next World Cup, it's going to be pretty much... Us versus, I'd say, the Irish. Mm. I'd love that. Or the Welsh. Oh, yeah. Full song. I think that full of I song. think that some of the best games of rugby you can see is, is the Wallabies versus the Welsh. Mm. I think both teams lift we the occasion. We always seem to play the Welsh. And, and we always seem to just beat them. Yes. Which makes from, for a fantastic game. Apart from that questionable call at the last World yes. Cup, which I won't get started on. Wendell, out of, uh, out of a possible 10 points... Crusaders and Chiefs, I think uh, I'm going to have to give this uh, a seven because I think there's more in the tank for both teams and they uh, they left a bit on the paddock. Yeah, five for me. I'll give this an even pass. It always felt like the Crusaders were going to win for me even though the Chiefs were competitive and uh, it turned into a bit of a non-event towards the end there, particularly after that penalty try and Sinbin. Well, mate, five out of ten. That's what Clancy got in everything at university. So, mate, it looks like you can still achieve great things by being so painfully average. Yeah, well, I guess you definitely can when you have the benefit of your family owning the newspaper that you work at. Mm -hmm. And the last game of the round, mate, the absolute game of the round, in my opinion, some Sunday Arvo football. I watched this after a wedding. Mm. Uh, Blues took on the Highlanders. Blues, carbon copy of the scoreline, 39 plays 17. And he'll be headed for the showers. That is it. The Blues retain the Gordon Hunter Memorial Trophy. An outstanding performance. Their first home game of the season. They've beaten the Highlanders 39 points to 17. Tell you what, just some uh, pretty average Kiwi rugby, in my opinion. Maybe it was just the fact that I was nursing a hangover that could kill Coco the Gorilla, but I just got sick of these box kicks and offloads and just booting the ball away. But, you know... It was a solid game, in my opinion. Good running rugby, great tries, good cutout passes, mm. good offloads, great tackles, just your stock standard, yep. run-of-the-mill game at Kiwi Provincial Rugby. Yeah, it was a great display of Kiwi Rugby. I'll agree with that, Errol. And it's always great on a Sunday afternoon. Mm-hmm. I was the same as you, nursed yep. up on the couch there with uh, some chicken and chips, just enjoying the boys run around. The Blues really put the Highlanders to the sword there. And I think... I think the Blues are looking pretty good. I know you were you yeah. were saying you weren't convinced. Are you no, coming around? Not well uh, until they play some quality opposition like the Brumbies or mm. the Reds. I think if they come out on top there, you'll, no, I'll, I'll have to go back and eat my words. Yeah, but in terms yeah. of what we're looking at now, look, the Blues, they are a good rugby team. They just don't have many X factors in their team. Like if the Blues... We're a team in rugby 06 on the PC. Mm. They wouldn't have any star players. Yeah, interesting. I guess we'll see as the season plays out how that one runs. One of the interesting points for me out of that game was a, an extremely hot try that, that Akira Iwani passed to Rico Iwani to go under the sticks, but they called it back saying the ball was forward. I'm going to sound a little bit like Joey Johns on this one. I know this is a pet hate of his, but the ball seemed backwards out of the hands. Got a bloke running at full it speed. It was backwards. The ball... Ball came out of that. It's just, it's a bullshit rule. It's uh, it's physics. It's if, momentum. If it looks like it's going backwards, if it 
the two players are moving at, at the same speed and they pass it and the ball lands behind the first player, play on. Mm. Yeah, I think the argument there is that they catch the ball in front of the mark where the ball was passed from. But if you're running at full speed and you're passing the ball backwards out of the hands, inevitably it goes forwards eventually. I know, it I know how it works, point. but it's just it's a dumb rule. Oh, if it looks agree. like it goes backwards... It's backwards. Just if it looks like it play. goes forward, it goes forward. Yeah, play on as well, I reckon. Errol, I gave this game 7 out of 10 for me. It was really nice, as we mentioned before, to have some Sunday footy. Good footy played. Very enjoyable. The Blues, they looked dangerous in this game, and, and it was quite a showcase of good, dangerous Kiwi rugby. Mm. I'm going to give it a 6. Look, it's a, it's a pretty good game, but look, nothing special. No. Nah. No, no. A few good tries, a few good offloads, great tackles, good, no. good, just a good clinic, yes. but just not going to keep you awake after you have 10 cans of heavy at your mate's wedding. No, no, definitely before, not. Speaking of special, we should look ahead to next week. Well, Wendell, on Friday night, we have the game of the round, in my opinion, down there in Melbourne. We've got mm. the Tars versus the Rebels. Should be an absolute belter. Mate, I'll be watching this one on Sunday, Arvo. I'll be catching this up. I'll be catching it on the Stan Sport Mini. Got another wedding on, so might be feeling a bit fragile. Get some takeaway. Park myself on the couch. Yeah, or the Stan Sport highlights if you're feeling up to it, if you've got a bit of time. Oh, if I've got a bit of time, mate, if I'm not too time poor on Sunday afternoon, mate, I'll be putting on the uh, the extended package, the yeah. Stan Sport highlights. See what the scoreboard looks like before you get into it, Exactly, maybe. mate. Look, yeah. look. if it's another low-scoring game, I, I think the mini will do. Fair enough. But, yeah, look... Um, Battle of the bottom. Mm. Who knows where this game's going to go, mate? Yeah, no, it, look, mate, I reckon it'll be an absolute belter. I've been trying to get into Clancy to hopefully send me down there to cover a story in Melbourne, but mm-hmm. obviously he's pretty concerned that, you know, one COVID case pops up there, I won't be able to get back. So, Well, there's some COVID in, get down there. in Brisbane, so it'll be interesting to see how mm. much this totalitarian government we have up here in Queensland, how many people they'll let into Suncorp mm. this weekend. Yeah, it'll be interesting to Probably see. Probably none. Now, the Rebels scored two tries last week. There might yep. even be a chance of doubling that this week against the Tars. I reckon the Rebels are in for an absolute try-scoring bonanza mm. against these hapless Tars. Let's hope so. Let's hope they open the taps and have a bit of a go. I don't want to see Matt Tamua kick for the sticks unless it's a really tight game towards mm-hmm. the end there or maybe a penalty around the 39th minute there going into halftime. Let's just see some good running rugby and let's see the Tars... Try and redeem themselves a little bit. But the Tars are coming in off a win, as we touched on earlier. They did beat the uh, rabble of plumbers and young professionals that make up the Brumby Runners. Mm. I think it'll be tighter than we're giving credence. Look, I think the Rebels have this. Yeah, well, I think Rebels fans and the rest of Australian rugby might be going for the Rebels. I don't know if anyone's feeling sorry I for the Tars so. just yeah. yet. If, uh, if feeling sorry for Rob Penny. Obviously, he's got a tough job on his mm-hmm. hands there saying that uh, yeah, I think if I think if you're still barracking for the Waratahs, you should perhaps go and visit your GP and get a referral to a neurologist so they can you know put you through those MRI machines and make sure there's no rocks in your head where your fucking brain should be. But mm, yeah, I think that's yeah. some sound advice. Then on Saturday night we got the Reds in the Force down there mm-hmm. at SunCorp. Yeah. Yep. Should be a very exciting game at Fortress SunCorp, mate. Mm. Where uh, the Reds there are very strong. And they're up against uh, some okay opposition this time. Yeah, Twiggy's mercenaries come over to Brisbane. <laughs> the, the Force are on a good tack, I think. I think they're on a good line. Whether they'll get up over the Reds after their uh, 
absolute yeah. display against the Brumbies last week. I think uh, good luck to them, but I yeah. think I think the Reds have got this one. Yeah, Easy I agree. Peasy. As you said last week, you know, it's about getting the herd to move as one. The force are getting there, but yep. against the Reds outfit coming off that huge, huge win, I'll be back in the Reds. Then we have a race to the bottom over there in Wellington on Saturday. Arvo, the Hurricanes and the Chiefs uh, compete to try and get a win. Yep, the game taking place in Wellington, one of the great shitholes of this world. But this will be a great game because these two teams have got the same level of aptitude at the Mm. moment, I think. The Canes and the Chiefs have both got something to prove that they aren't the worst team in uh, New Zealand. And I think probably the Chiefs are going to get them. The Chiefs are going to pip them. Yeah, well, the Chiefs showed a bit of heart, a bit of ticker last week, they so did. maybe they will get him. And then the following day, we get more Sunday Arvo footy on Stan Sport. Mm-hmm. We get the game that everyone has marked on the calendar for a little while now. It's New Zealand's answer to the Brumbies and the Reds. It's the Blues and the Crusaders at Eden Park to see who is the best team in Super Rugby ATRL right now. The Blues are very tough to beat at Eden Park, and they are playing a style of rugby now that suits their natural game. Mm. Yeah, strong, strong forward pack, trying to do a lot of work and then uh, release their outside backs in good positions. And the Crusaders, they have a shed full of laurels, and they have been resting on them Mm. for weeks and weeks and weeks. So I think the Blues have this one in the bag if the Crusaders don't rise to the occasion. Yeah, I think depends on how many men the Crusaders play with this week and what kind Mm. of attitude they have if they are as clinical as they used to be in the last couple of years or if they have a tendency to take their foot off the gas a little bit. I think this game too is it it would be worth it to uh, perhaps fly in some neutral uh, officials. I mm. think uh, this is the type of game that needs to be refereed mm. by a South African or an Australian referee. I think the mutual disdain for both teams will serve them both well. Yes, this is the pinnacle of Kiwi rugby so far this season, so I'm very excited to see it. And all of those matches are live and ad-free this weekend on Stan Sport, as well as a little bit of Japanese rugby, which I personally have been loving. There's also East vs. Gordon in the Australian Club Championship on Saturday at 3pm as well. Errol, the boys from Brisbane, take on the boys from Sydney. It'll be good to see a bit of club rugby back on TV. Not since the days of the ABC have I seen this, you know. It's good to see, mate. It is glorious. I, uh, I'll i be out playing footy on Saturday, but uh, I'll try and catch up, get a little bit of it later on. Who are you tipping here, Eason Gordon? Mate, as much as I want the uh, East Tigers to get up, I kind of feel like Gordon may be a little bit too strong. they got a lot of those uh, they got a lot of those super rugby players there, Gordon. Well, mate, when you think about it, a tiger could could kill a an an elk or whatever they are down there. Rip it to pieces. Wouldn't rip it? it to pieces. Yeah, so. fifteen east tigers might do the job on those stags. Yep, will be interesting to see, Errol. Now, we should touch on a couple of other stories mm-hmm. that have broken this weekend in the rugby world. One of them is Stan Sports signing Sonny Bill Williams, the CrossCode Star World Cup winner. Done it all, Sonny Bill. He signed on with Stan and Channel 9. Mm-hmm. Very excited to see what Sonny brings to the table. Yeah, welcome aboard, Sonny. Welcome to the absolute gravy train that is sports commentary. Mm. Yeah, and, He's been on a gravy train with the All Blacks and the Crusaders and the Mm -hmm. Chiefs and the Toronto Wolfpack as well and the Roosters for quite some time. So hopefully he keeps on getting his serve of gravy. They are building quite the stable there, Stan Sport. I was watching on the weekend uh, a bit of rugby league as well Mm -hmm. and I was just wondering, Errol, when does Alana Ferguson sleep? 
She seems to be everywhere. She's analysing games at halftime on Stan Sport for Super Rugby AU and Aotearoa. She's on there with Channel 9 for the Rugby League. Mate, she is uh, flat yeah. out at the moment. Hardest working person in the Channel 9 studios, you reckon? I, I would say that that's almost a given. She's certainly working harder than most and uh, she's doing a great job. Don't know when she'd be sleeping. I would say, you know, in the in the early mornings, mm. I'd say. That's that's just my Real guess. CEO hours. Yeah. yeah. And can I just say, I've been noticing that Fox Sports seem to have uh, copied the Cinecam that Stan Sport were using for the rugby after the boys scored a try. An interesting one there. Well, that is comes right from the News Corp playbook, is that mm. they look at what is successful and then, and then they copy it. And then they throw more money at it than their competitor to the point where it looks like it was their original idea. I mean, in terms of an organisation, Fox Sports really, really are not pioneers, in my opinion. No. And I wanted to touch on some other media news, actually, Errol. Andrew Mertens, the famous All Black, he's commentating over here in Australia. He wrote a piece in the Sydney Morning Herald over the weekend saying that New Zealand rugby isn't necessarily better than Australia's. He said, This side of the ditch, we've become force-fed the idea that New Zealand rugby is better, which befuddles me. I don't subscribe to the theory that every game at the moment would be a futile exercise and lead to another drubbing at the hands of the Kiwis. Mertens then said New Zealand rugby can appear more exciting and lethal, but that was not necessarily the case because all five New Zealand teams employ a reasonably similar game style. They do, and and I completely agree with him because as each region, I feel you know that there are teams that there are competitions which which have different styles of rugby. That's mm. that's what the best teams play. I mean, you look over um, at the French domestic competition. They a lot of their rugby is is now kind of built off the forwards. They yep. build a lot of things off the back of rucks and malls. I think that's where they put the foundation of where their game is, where you come down here to the Southern Hemisphere, you, you do look at Kiwi rugby where what the forwards are in that game is is essentially an engine to give the backs mm. the ball at yeah. every possible instance. Yeah, that's a great point. And you look at what England did to New Zealand in the World Cup. They decided they weren't going to play the Kiwi style of rugby. Mm. They were going to play their own Northern Hemisphere style of rugby and they shut them down and didn't give them a lot of space. And so when you watch the Kiwis play against each other every single week and there's the ridiculously hot offloads and the nice backline moves, you start to think, wow, these guys are incredible. And obviously we've had a bit of a lean couple of years in Super Rugby and they've looked really good against us. And I think that when they come up against some of our dominant Aussie teams, obviously the Reds and the Brumbies. I think it could be a little bit different this time around. I I have concerns for the Chiefs and the Highlanders and the Hurricanes playing against our big boys. But one thing that, that I just want to touch on is that the way young Kiwis get into the rugby is much different. Mm. Where Down at the pub in Canberra on the weekend, I ran into a bloke whose older brother played the Australian Schoolboys Union team. Mm. And when he was done with that, when he'd left school, he went to a public high school like yeah. you, Wendell, offered out of school, certainly didn't come from money, just, just your average, humble, middle Australian. But the Waratahs offered him out of school to pay for his protein and gym membership. Jesus. And he unexpectedly turned that down. And um, No way. Now he's playing first grade uh, for Stade Francais. Uh, so um, yeah, it's a little bit like influencers getting offered exposure, yeah. isn't it? 
getting it paid is. in exposure. Yeah. yeah, I yeah, that's concerning. I do remember the Hello Sport interview, a good sports podcast. Yeah. I do remember them speaking to Angus Crichton and he was saying that straight out of school the Waratahs told him he could go and play Shoot Shield, which is a Sydney comp down there for a few yeah. years and then eventually he might be into the Waratahs at 22, 23 and then or he could be playing for the Roosters and be winning Origins and Premierships mm. from day dot. Yeah, he, he won an Origin series before yeah. he uh, would have been playing for the Waratahs on their he timeline. Did. Yes. So definitely concerning. And he's got he's got a lot more than what he'd have there. He's got a quite a flash house mm. and a flash car, which, yes, which he'd have some I flash guess. things that uh, maybe salary cap auditors don't know about either the Roosters, <laughs> well, but yeah, good where for him. if he was if he was at the Waratahs, you know, he'd be on the big blue and white Benz mm. with a mask on his face, like every other schlep. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely good work if you can get it for Angus Crichton, and in some other local footy news, Batuta Mutz, a bit of a familiar tale again. We went down thirty five. 21, red card to our front rower in the 20th minute, which meant one of the boys in twos who'd played the solid 70 minutes for twos there yep. had to come on and play another 60 minutes for ones. And, uh-huh. yeah, let us down. I mean, look, if I take my mutt's hat off, it probably was fair. He did get him pretty high. Yes, um, and he did. Uh, he did go off. I mean, he went off concussed, but I would have liked to see yeah. Anyway, look, I, I won't get into it too much. We got the re- we got the winner reserve grade eight mm-hmm. five, which was always good. And Coldy's got up forty six nineteen in a real game of running rugby. So there were some some real positives. But looking ahead to Windora, we do we need do, we do need to get a win this weekend. It was one of those weeks though where I was really glad that uh, that I'm now too old mm. to be playing footy. Thirty six degrees in the shade, an absolute cracker of a uh, day in the Diamond Tina, but mm. not a day to be playing rugby. No, no, no. You did not look like you were having much. a lot of fun there with Clancy. A few tins to the wind early on there, really giving it to the referee after that red card. I was, mate, and then I had to bid farewell. I got the cab out to uh, the Remyanko Aerodrome mm. and got myself down to Canberra. It was much colder. Did it in good Tell time. Tell you what. A real Talk day about of- four seasons in one day, mate. It was absolutely fucking freezing in Canberra. Yeah, seemed like a lot of fun. And uh, we'll continue the grassroots chat. We've got a couple of grassroots questions here. Producer Dave, got a couple there for us? Yep. So the first one is from Cohen, who's in Brisbane. And he asks, a month into the season, what's your Wallabies team looking like? The Wallabies team at the moment for me looks like the entire Waratahs team. Mm. Perhaps with uh, perhaps with Corabetti on the bench. Jeez, maybe maybe James O'Connor on the bench too. Yep. Yeah, maybe uh, Pasami as well. You have them as 21, 22, 23. Yep. Yeah. I yeah I would um, in terms of uh, forwards. Yeah, again, can't go past Waratahs. They mm. are they have the forward pack to uh, to take it to the All Blacks. Yeah, I think Harry Wilson definitely earns him a bench spot, and maybe Pete Sama as well. So it'd be interesting oh, to see course. how those guys yeah. fight it out. How could I forget for uh, yep. for number twenty or nineteen? Dave, what's next? All right, so second question is from Tom, who's in Batuta Heights. He's a good servant of the mutts down there. Teammate of yours, Wendell, I believe. Yes, he is a good servant of the game. Bit of a meat axe on the field and off it, but yes, good man. What's he asking? Well, it's good to see he's dipped into some intellectual questions as well. So so he asks, with Corobetti going, should we be locking rugby league converts in for an extended period of time rather than just getting a good couple of years from them and then letting them earn some coin in Japan or Europe? Yeah, great question from Tom there. 
I reckon maybe maybe we should be. I know we've got Vunavalu locked in for a little while. Mm-hmm. Karabedi has been really good for us. He's uh, done a, a lot of great things, been a match winner and been a man of the match on a lot of occasions. I'm very sad to see him go, but it's good that we got Vunavalu across to kind of fill the void. Yeah, it would be nice. Uh, these Fijian wingers, they're extremely hot. It'll be good to lock them in for a bit longer. I think we should be looking at changing the rules, mate. I, th- mm. I, I think if you've played... If you play ten caps, you can go up and play rugby wherever the hell you want. Mm. But get when South it, African with it. But when it comes down to playing for the Wallabies, you uh, you put your hand up and say, "Sorry, coach, I'm having a buy. Mm. I've got to go back to Brisbane and bloody towel up some All Black." Yeah, it's an interesting method. I know it worked very well for South Africa. They won the World Cup last time around, so maybe that's something. It's we a winning could formula. Follow. But yeah, any more questions, Dave, or is that it? That's all we got this week. Uh, very Perfect. good. All right. Well, if you are listening and you have some burning questions that you need answering, whether they're Super Rugby, Wallabies, Grassroots, International, Generic Footy, whatever you got, hit up uh, myself, Wendell at BaturdaAdvocate.com or Errol at BaturdaAdvocate.com with your questions, and we will do our best to answer them as best we can. But that's all we have time for today. Yes, thanks for your company, and we look forward to talking to you again next week after the Blues and the Crusaders have gone at it and uh, another round of Super Rugby AU has passed. Anyway, until then, my name is Wendell Hussey. And my name is Errol Parker. Talk to you next week. See you later.